Hello there, and welcome to Deke Geeks, the show where two dorks search through the back catalogue of Deke Entertainment, trying to find the things that aren't utterly terrible and soul-destroying. I'm Mark. I'm Avery, hello. Now, if you were a regular listener to our show, you'll know that generally we cover poorly animated cartoons from the 80s and 90s, but this week we've got something a bit different... Because it turns out that in 1987, Deke teamed up with Saban Entertainment to produce their only game show. Uh, A sort of clone of the newlywed game, which in the UK we call Mr and Mrs, called I'm Telling. It's a bit weird. It's got kind of this really low-budget 80s minimalist feel. Yeah, that, that, like when we were watching the first episode that we saw, I paused it halfway through just to make the remark of, this doesn't feel real. This feels like it's made up because it's, it, it's everything cliche about 80s game shows. There's a lot of pink neon everywhere. There's a cheap keyboards kind of solo theme tune. There's a very extravagant set that is barely used. And... And a presenter that's mostly on a flat, coloured background. Yeah, it's... A lot of it just kind of feels like it is, like, a thing that, like, Devolver Digital or some kind of uh, game company known for, like, doing shenanigans like this kind of would cook up. It's... I mean, you can see where people draw their retro uh, 80s sources from when it comes to this shit because oh yeah it's it's definitely the generic cliche stuff it's pretty hideous yeah um so basically the format is that uh teams of brothers well mostly brothers and sisters occasionally brothers and brothers or sisters and sisters play a version of the newlywed game where the presenter laurie faso uh asks one of the two questions about what the other will say and that is I don't know how to explain the newlywed game okay so the newlywed game the proper newlywed game is a list of questions that is played between well traditionally newlyweds but also best friends can play it too and it'll be like personal questions saying like what does your partner like to wear alone around the house and then the other person will write down secretly what they think is the right answer and then the other person will also write down and then they go three two one and then they'll turn and reveal what they think is the answer and then you get a point if they're both correct this kind of turns it on a head on its head by making it um with siblings yeah and Rather than having a set list of questions, it uh, rotates around three categories that is um, stopped with a button press. Well, it's a brand new set of three pun-based categories every every uh, question. Yeah, and then whatever category they land on, uh, Laurie will ask it. Laurie? He's not named... Is his name Laurie? It's Laurie Faso. Laurie. Yeah, Laurie, Laurie well, Faso, otherwise Laurie. known as Raphael in <laughs> Super, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. He will an- ask a question to the kid who chose a category. Uh, uh, it'll be like, 
uh, oh god, just trying to think of one off the top of his head. Like, what body part does your sibling use the most? And they'll go like, oh, his mouth because he talks so much, or his hands because he's constantly nicking other people's stuff. Now Things you'll like notice that. that that's a really awkward question to ask a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Um, um, there's definitely an attempt to kind of do a uh, kids say the darndest things. Yes, very much so. This The entire premise seems very much to be kind of goading them into that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, basically, you've got three teams of two people. Brothers and sisters, or brothers and brothers and sisters and sisters. Um, during the first round, one of them will be taken away into the isolation zone proven by a, yeah. a graphic overlay on the screen of just a laser beam coming and beaming them away the we worst, don't actually the <laughs> worst teleportation yeah. special effect ever committed to video we don't even see the isolation zone which sucks it'd be so well, much fun they could have had just, fun with that that's just because it's the green room yeah um but yeah they're taken away to the isolation zone and then the questions are asked uh, and then they're also asked, um, I think, no, 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 wait, oh, fuck. So they're taken away to the isolation zone, and then the Laurie asks the remaining kids the question, um, and this happens three times, one question per kid, well, no, one question is chosen per kid, but the question is shared across all three. Um, and it slowly rises up in point value, so like the first question will be 25, and then the second will be 50, and then the third will be 75 points. Um, so the questions are asked... Kids come back in. The questions are reposed to the kids that were sent initially to the isolation zone. Um, and then it's just the newlyweds game at that point. It's just, what do you think he said? Oh, his mouth. Uh, let's see what he said. His mouth. Hey, you both get 50 points. And there you go. Um, and that goes on for two sets of questions, I believe. Uh, and then the team with the highest amount of points get to play the uh, the ending round. Uh, wherein they will yeah. get $1,000 and a saving bond. Uh, and then also they get to play the prize arcade minigame, <laughs> which is the other side of this rotating set, which is just made up of abstract shapes. Yeah, why is there a rotating set here? I what was the really purpose of it I really don't know what the rotating set is for, but they have a rotating set. Um... And there's a whole bunch of different kind of gifts strewn about. So, like, there'll be, like, books, like... There's um, Hardy Boys collections, there's Barbie dolls, there's a surfboard, and an electric guitar with an amplifier, a Nintendo video game set. Uh, televisions. Televisions, uh, hi-fis, stuff like that. Just a whole bunch of random, just kind of guff that a just, kid might yeah. aspire to have one day. And secretly, at some point, both kids have been asked what they think the other would want. So they have picked six items from the entire collection that they think the other sibling would want to have. Um, so the sister will be picking for the brother and the brother will be picking for the sister. They then both go around the entire set picking what they think they said, trying to get matches. If they get ten matches, they get to have the entirety of the uh, prizes that are on the set. But regardless, they keep any match they get. Yeah, they. in fact, no, I don't think they keep any matches they get. They just keep what they pick, don't they? I think it's only the matches. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, they keep, they keep whatever matches they do get, and then if they get 10 matches, they get all the prizes. Um, and that's kind of it. <laughs> the uh, 
the runners-up in the show get a copy of the I'm Telling board game and a pair of bicycles. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of of it. I mean, it's a simple premise. Um, It's far more functional than a lot of things we've seen from Deke. Yeah, it is. It's... uh, it's it's an interesting oddity and an interesting take on the newlywed game for sure. Um, interestingly, there is um, a celebrity edition that was done a couple of times where we get uh, child actors in and also some teen actors and early 20s actors, but, you know, people who are still young enough to count to be on the show. Yeah, people who have, at the very least, have young enough siblings. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll have people like, um, (laughs) good question. The most notable I can think of from those episodes were Sean and Mackenzie Astin. That's their names. Uh, Sean Astin was, of course, Samwise Ganji in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Um... For, um, by sheer coincidence, on a non-celebrity uh, episode, the late Paul Walker uh, from the Fast and the Furious franchise, and also Meet the Deedles, mm. uh, appeared with their sibling. Very interesting. Um, oh, God. Uh, the difference with the celebrity edition, of course, is that um, any prizes they do win go to a charity of their choice. So it is. Was it of their choice? I thought it was the. Um... Uh, well, initially, the first one was specifically going to a charity that was uh, against child abuse, which very good. I like yeah, that. Yeah. That's a really nice choice for a, for their show. Um, but I believe the second one was of their choice. Yes, I mean, well, it, it kind of makes sense to send all of the uh, the the gubbins from the final round to a uh, basically a shelter. Hmm. Uh, smart move, really. But uh, I guess that didn't quite sound... Uh, I guess talking about child abuse, uh, even in passing on children's television, probably wasn't um, considered something they should do. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah. Let's not get too deep into that. Uh, I mean... I, I even mean, in you passing can, here, it feels... Yeah. You can analyse the politics of everything here in great depth and come to no real conclusions like for example um the prizes at the end are divided into boys prizes and girls prizes uh so the girls prizes are stuff like beauty things and dolls but but also televisions and hi-fis and the boys prizes are always guitars and Hardy Boys novels and telescopes which is as sexist as heck until you get to the point where they don't change it up at all if two guys or two girls win and end up accidentally subverting gender politics in their rinky dink 1987 game show yeah it's fun I mean they never even make I, from what we saw, they never even make fun of the fact that a boy is picking up girls. Yeah. Items. I mean, I do distinctly remember one where um, uh, one of the boys did pick Barbie dolls as their prize. Neat. So you know, 
it's yeah, it's not yeah, really anything. I mean, the whole we could talk for ages about the whole fucking boys' toys and girls' toys kind of oh. thing. I mean, fucking example right here. You've got a copy of Trivial Pursuit that is inexplicably labelled as boys' toys. Yeah, I'm not sure why that was labelled as a boys' toy. It's really more family or party game. Hundred percent. It's Triv. <laughs> I I must mention I didn't label it boys' toys. It's oh yeah, got, no, that's it's the It's got a barcode from an old. Uh... It's from Argos. Is it? Yeah, you oh, can yeah. tell because of the code that's on it, the number code. That's 387 stroke and 1951 for those keeping track at home. I'm not a fan of of uh, dividing uh, children's stuff by gender. No, it's bullshit. There's no reason for it. I mean, especially when it comes to stuff like telescopes. Yeah, that one especially makes no fucking sense. <sighs> God, right. So... As I assumed would happen, we've pretty much explored the extent of this show because it is pretty much very bare bones. I mean, there's a couple of things we could talk about. The weirdly bare bones music, despite the fact that the composer was Shocky Levy. Well, Wikipedia says it was. I'm... I don't recall seeing his name listed on the credits. I, I mm... remember seeing one Heim Saban being in the, in the uh, Heim Saban definitely produced it, but then, of course, it was a um, Saban production alongside Deak Animation Studio. Yeah, the two go pair and pair. But this era. Uh, yeah, this was before they fell out and then before they made up. Yeah. And again, we could talk for extended amount of times about Heim Saban, but let's not. Fascinating, man. Uh, fascinating, but also not exactly the greatest man. I've heard some not very savoury things about him. Mm. But either way, that's neither here nor there, and it's not within the uh, extent of the show to discuss that. And uh, the show itself was created by... It was Alan Levy. Alan Levy, which we cannot work out what relation Alan Levy is to Shucky Levy. If there is a relation at all. Uh, I believe there is. The White Pages listed a, uh, mm. an Alan Levy as a relative of Shucky Levy, but... Could who... be cousin, could be sister, could be aunt, could be literally anyone. Um, but yeah, no. There was another levy in the production of this. They disappeared after this. Yeah, um, yeah. As far as we know, we haven't seen Alan make another thing since this. Um, I wouldn't say she disappeared. More that she was a television executive after this, and oh, was well, just yeah, extremely rich and on lots of uh, yeah advisory boards. As you generally do when you m- marry into a. Uh, not marry into. No, because we're saying, I'm confused. Who is she? She's Alan Levy. She made this show. Yeah. That's the most we know about her. She is and a television we'll producer, and she married another television producer in the most Hollywood possible. Yeah. <laughs> Middle management status, anyone yeah, yeah. can tell. Okay. Have. Uh, did you have another thing we could mention? Or I think Because that... I do have one thing. Okay. Uh, one that you liked to come back to uh, okay. back in the day for this show. And that is, how would you improve this show? Because this actually works for this, because it's yeah. a game show. And there are lots of improvements we could actually make to this game show. Here's my concept. Put it in a fantasy setting. 
Wait, what? Get, get, what? Yeah. Okay, so you've started Me? out. You have. You are putting the other kids into a place called the Isolation Zone. That's a fantasy as fuck name. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That, that just brings to mind the Crystal Maze. Yeah, you're right. So, in fact, you know what? Fuck this. I'm telling Lion through it, Crystal Maze. <laughs> there we go. I've improved it. It's just, just the Crystal Maze. Just by replacing it with the Crystal Maze. Yeah. I think the Crystal Maze is already a thing. Yeah. We'll just bring it back again. Alternatively, Nightmare. Which is a completely different show. Yeah. But I mean, so is the Crystal Maze at this point. Um, yeah, our American listeners don't know what Nightmare is. Oh, God. Nightmare was... Uh, oh, it was 80s, wasn't it? It was an 80s kids game show. 80s to mid-90s, 80s I think. to mid-90s kids game show where three kids, three to four kids, uh, entered Treyguard's castle or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you had a team of kids and one was basically pushed off to a, onto a, um, a blue screen soundstage yeah. in a helmet that they couldn't see through mm-hmm. and was guided through a series of very video gamey... Uh, exploration sequences by their team yeah and inevitably fell off something to their death yeah it's a really fun concept and I usually think... the room with the cards coming out of the wall <laughs> it needs to come back honestly i think it's a really fun concept for a show and um i think it got a few uh i think it often gets piled in with i think fort boyard i think it's called and kind yeah. of yeah these kind of uh mild danger kind of situations that kids are thrown into so you got like nightmare you got Fort Boyard you got like fucking Raven Raven would be the modern Raven which would probably be the Raven is such reasonably modern equivalent Raven was a show in the mid 2000s (laughs) early to mid 2000s that was set in the countryside rather than a blue screen setup and you had a team of kids that each had their own kind of emblem that represented them and they were put through these um Various physical challenges, think like Wipeout, but not as yes. goofy, basically. Um, try to get to the end and win the game show, basically. And it was hosted by this Scottish dude in a big feathery outfit that was called the Raven. It's British Takeshi's Castle for kids. <laughs> That's the one. Takeshi's Castle is more accurate. Yes. It as was... in the proper Takeshi's Castle, not the cut-down version. The, the proper version that has all not the, MXC. the silly lore to it and the... yeah. Well, in fact, technically that is MXC. MXC yeah. is, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, it just has this great Scottish dude just in a big over-the-top feathery outfit and a big cane with a uh, raven's head on the top of it. And, and, like, oh, God, it was just over-the-top, but it took itself seriously the entire way, and it was yeah. so, so good. Tell you what, though, it, this show is interesting as kind of this vision of what kids' game shows were like in the era before GAC. Yeah. Because if this was made ten years later, somebody would have been gunged. Yeah, someone guaranteed would have been slimed in this show if it was made in the 90s. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Why was slime like, like such a worst, big thing? Like, the worst team would go in the gunge tank. 100%. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, kids getting gunged was like, it's it's definitely inherently tied to the 90s and early 2000s, isn't it? It's not really a thing that happens anymore, honestly. It's, it's I wouldn't know, I don't such really. A, it's, it's such a 90s and early 2000s thing. You had the, um, 
God, it was it would be just all Nickelodeon shows at the time. Oh yeah, Nickelodeon Gunter's involved in any Nickelodeon game show. And then BBC. And the the BBC the UK, also did it. BBC. North House Party would be the thing that popularized it, I would yeah. say. Um, oh God, what was the thing with Dave Benson Phillips? Uh, are you thinking of Get Your Own Back? Yes. Yes. Because Get Your Own Back was fucking brilliant. And I loved to Get Your Own Back. I was about to mention it. Get Your Own Back was a game show where um, it was a kid going up against his teacher that he hated, or she hated, uh, they hated, for whatever misdeeds that they had done in school, or just because they were a bit of an asshole to him. And basically the end result was invariably that the teacher gets gunged just plonked straight into a big tank of gunge and it was satisfying as hell and that was just one of the greatest shows that i've had because it was just this great little bit of kid empowerment (laughs) just this kid and a teacher fighting against each other in this great big fun over the top game show and in the end the teacher gets thrown into a gunge tank that's god that's so 90s it ran on until the early 2000s that's how Uh, i know about it yeah fair uh also well, this wasn't... Oh, shit. Now we're just enthusing about UK game shows. Hey, I'm willing to infuse about children's game shows. Yeah. If anything, that's what this uh, yeah, episode th- should be about. We're just talking about really cool game shows at this point. 50-50. I'm, oh, good Lord. Yeah. 50-50, um, which was uh, 50, school, 50 kids from two different schools, uh, 50 each, of course, uh, battling against each other in a fun game show. Um, where in the middle there was just invariably a random boring quiz about a music video (laughs) in amongst everything else which was just dicking about in a giant bouncy castle pretty much Um, I so wanted to go on (laughs) 50-50 when I was a kid I was so jealous of kids who got to go on 50-50 it looked so much fun uh, did you ever see the one with David Williams in an elevator Ooh, no. What was that one? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. I might have to look... I might have to look that up. What era are we talking here? Before he was big. Okay, it was called Incredible Games. Right. And it were, it ran from 1994 to 95. And basically, it was a series of weird that's fun. Uh, so basically, you stop at the floor. That's a new game, and if at some point somebody does really badly in the game, they get sent down the laundry chute to the basement, and the other kids have to rescue them from the basement. And for some reason, at the very top, the last, the last thing is a giant room uh, where they all go swimming in soup to collect letters. To spell a word. No, this was before my time. It ended right before I was born, basically. A year before I was born, really. But yeah, that that sounds really fun. And it, it genuinely was. And I mean, it just goes to show you what having a bit of a budget can do for uh, for these game shows, even if you... It just means you can create Ooh. a few creative sets to Speaking of build things give, around. getting a budget for game shows for kids, fucking Jungle Run... Jeez. The set design in Jungle Run was fucking incredible. I vaguely remember Jungle Run. Uh, it had a whole variety of presenters over its time, but the one that's most remembered by me is Michael Underwood. Right. Um, of course, the two little monkeys as well. Uh, and there's a time where they used bananas as the big currency thing, and then it changed to 
little silver monkey statues uh, and you play little mini games in the jungle to earn those little silver monkey statues that go in at the, an altar in front of um, a big stone, well, quote-unquote stone, uh, effigy of a big old orangutan or something and his belly would open up to reveal this uh, cave full of different mini games. There's like a puzzle that you had to fit together and like a little cog-based puzzle where you had to spin it around and stuff. All to get the prize monkey at the end. Yeah, I know. I'm cutting this out anyway. Okay. But yeah, that's Jungle Run, if you remember that. Vaguely? Might be after my time. Possibly. It ran for a very long time, though. Mm. Uh, you know what I remember? Yeah. Uh, I think it was To Me, To You. Oh, yeah, the Chuckle the Brothers. The Chuckle show. Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Always weird. Ooh, okay, yeah, I think it will be after your time. It started in 1999. Mm. Apparently, mm. Dominic Wood hosted it for the first couple of seasons, which is bizarre. But, eh, makes sense. Dom is a kid's presenter. It makes sense. You know, oh, God. At that point, he'd still just be the magician. Yeah. I just remembered the big UK game show involving Gunge. Or the, ne- the next big one that was... Um, kind of notable enough to still hold ground and stuck in the memories more so like like the the, the, the next Noel's house party basically Dick and Dom in the bungalow oh right yeah which was course. literally just Noel's house party but with Dick and Dom yeah <laughs> and an actual children's program rather than a live BBC live entertainment format yes it was odd that Noel's house party was a BBC live and uh, light entertainment format yeah especially considering the existence of Mr. Blobby I mean, Sinister Blobby was supposed to be a subversion. Yes. And in his original form, quite fun. I quite liked the character of Mr. Blobby in his original form. And then he kept going. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I would um, like to refrain from explaining Mr. Blobby to our listeners right here. Yeah. Um, um, If you want to know about Blobby, please look him up for yourself. Absolutely. American listeners, Google Mr. Blobby. Yep. And then leave it at that. Just the images. <laughs> Do not click onto the song that is also called Mr. Blobby. Do under d- any circumstances. And especially do not look at pictures from the abandoned Mr. Blobby theme park. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. Mr. Blobby is a very cursed character, basically. Uh he has a few good, good bits, uh, namely when he appeared on a uh, quiz show uh, quite a few years down the line after he disappeared into obscurity. Um, but I that mean, wasn't proper Blobby. Yeah, well, it's, that was someone dicking about in a Mister Blobby suit. I mean, it was the, the it was Joe Wilkinson. Oh, <laughs> uh, was it Joe Wilkinson in yes. the suit? Bloody hell! Hence, I'm, why it was so silly. I mean, Blobby is best when Blobby is an agent of chaos. Yes. That is all that needs to be. Unfortunately, Blobby Law? Let's not make the first Blobby cast. Um, We don't need to do that. No. But we're not going to explain Mr. Blobby. No. If you want to know about Mr. Blobby, you have to find out about Mr. Blobby for yourself. Just be aware that he will not leave your brain once you see him. Blobby is here to stay, my friends. I think talking about Mr. Blobby is probably the point at which we have diverged far enough that we should end the episode. I agree. <laughs> so, 
How did you actually like this one? Watchable. Inoffensive. Um, not soul-sucking. Occasionally yeah. funny. Mildly interesting, as a footnote. A curiosity. It is an interesting curiosity. But, I mean, I'd rather just watch Jeopardy. Yeah. Full on. I would, I'd, fucking, I'd rather much watch um, actual fucking Mr. and Mrs. Well, yeah, true. It's, um, it was a g- solid format, and it just about worked. Other than the fact that children aren't quite as interesting as the format hoped. And that's about it. The big question for me now, at this point, where does this go? Ooh, that's a like, difficult one. Well, I mean, before we even get to ranking it, does it go in the in with the rest of the deep shows, or does it go in the DNQ list? Because it's not really, an, like anything else they've ever produced. It's this weird, obscure little footnote in Deke's history where they just randomly did a game show out of nowhere. It's not like any of the other shows that we've done. Like, yeah, okay, we've got live action stuff in the mix with the regular shows, but... But this has no narrative, this has yeah, no... this isn't a regular footing. show. Yeah. Hmm. I think it has to qualify. I think simply by... I think it fits closer to the stuff that qualified for the list than it does the DNQs. Okay, yeah. I I think I agree yeah. with you there. Unfortunately, that leaves us the question of where in the uh, yeah, list exactly. It well, it's it's perfectly inoffensive. Yeah. It's not terrible. It's nothing like Hey Vern, it's Ernest. This is a perfectly watchable show. It is just perfectly mediocre. Yeah. Um. So we're looking around about the the uh, I'd say kind of the the the, the twenty to twenty five region. Okay. Uh, which is Mummies Alive, Captain Planet, Sat AM, Stargate Infinity, Jason the Wheeled Warriors, and Alienators. Right. I would definitely rather watch this than Captain Planet. Yes. Same. Um, and also, to be honest, Mummies Alive as well. Um, okay. Above Mummies Alive is, is in the Zizzles, which I find mm. more interesting to watch overall. It was a little more engaging, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and it's a lot less generic. It's yeah. strange, uh, and it is something that I do want to rewatch at some point, just because it is something that I think maybe wants an, a, a closer analyse of everything. Yeah. Um, Track down that second episode, see yeah, if we can if get that's the... that's possible. Uh... Um, either that or we'll have to learn Romanian. <laughs> is it Romanian? I don't care. I don't care. It um, was something like that. Yeah. So... Yeah, shall we say between in, is in the Zizzle and Mummy Live? Mummy yeah, Live? I think that sounds like a good place for it. Great. Well, there we go. It's in at number 20. Right out. Nice safe spot for it. Okay, Editor Avery stepping in here. I'm just going to completely redo the entire intro because it was a long, rambling mess. Uh, we now have a Patreon. It is officially launched. Patreon.com slash You can throw us a book or two to help us support the creation of this podcast and also future podcasts that are hopefully coming in the coming year, uh, especially if we get more supporters for it. Uh, we are going to try and move hosts. Uh, we're going to be moving to Anchor FM. We have sent Shout Engine support an email to set up a feed redirect, so existing listeners, you hopefully won't have to do anything. This said, it took them two months to even respond to an inquiry about 301 redirects. So, 
I don't know how long it's going to actually take. Just keep it with us, though. Uh, outside of that, that's pretty much it, apart from the fact that there will not be an episode next fortnight. Uh, we're simply too short for time. I am really busy this month. This month has been fucking hectic as all hell. So, no episode in a couple of weeks. I'll be coming in four weeks instead. Sorry again for this, and doubly sorry considering it's officially the announcement of our Patreon at this point, which is, oh god, yeah, bad. Not a great look for us, but whatever. Uh, if you enjoyed this, sh listening to this particular episode, then check out our other episodes. They are all available on mostlycobots.com. You can subscribe to uh, this podcast with iTunes, Google Play, and any RSS reading podcatcher application, as it were, on whatever device you have. You can also follow us on Twitter, at MostlyCobalts, and you can bother Mark and Mastodon at Vordus, V-O-R-D-U-S, at Mastodon.social. Uh, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll see you in four weeks for the next episode. And we did originally plan to have an episode for the, the next four tonight, which is why this is only one show. But, whoops, we fucked it. See you next time. ta -ra.